What up, everybody? Welcome to the State of Wild, episode 16, a regular podcast YouTube video web series thing. As usual, we've got Corbett joining us tonight. Corbett, how are you doing, friend? What's up, Meowth? Uh, how are you going today? I'm doing pretty, pretty well. Um, so, guys, it's been a while since we've done, like, a, a normal episode. <laughs> and so, just in case you've forgotten, uh, we're planning on doing three things during today's episode. First of all, we're going to talk about the State of the Wild metagame. So, what's dominating, how to beat it, uh, and any decks that might be flying underneath the radar. Second off, we're going to be talking about any wild news, controversial topics, or maybe the lack thereof. And then last but not least, we're going to be talking about our decks of the week. Uh, but before we get started, just a reminder to leave a like, comment, and subscribe if you guys enjoy content like this. It's free and it supports us a lot. Alright, let's go ahead and get started. So, uh, so yeah, it's been about two weeks now, about a week and a half since we've had uh, Guardian Animals and Tortolan Pilgrim nerfed. Uh, so mm -hmm. Guardian Animals went from 7 to 8, Tortolan now goes from casting from your deck rather than a copy uh so turtle mage is dead uh f's in the comments for turtle mage it died too soon um but turtle and pilgrim is still a very 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 good card in luna's pocket galaxy arena mage i can confirm a lot of people can confirm that mm -hmm. uh but now like proactive druid decks outside of aggro druid are really feeling the nerf of guardian animals just that one mana change is a huge impact it's like turn or two slower a lot of the time yeah uh and so it feels Obviously, this is feels, right? But it feels like Jay Druid's dead. It feels like a lot of these mid-range Druid decks are kind of dying out now that Guardian Animals got nerfed. And that feels <laughs> really, really, really bad. Um, so yeah. Um, it wasn't just like Jay Druid. Like, Spiteful Druid mm -hmm. has seen a very small amount of people, like, giving it a shot and stuff. But, yeah, that's all kind of gone now. Uh, Druid very much dead in standard as well. So, like, the impact of that nerf is, like, very much felt across the different formats. Mm -hmm. And I think Wild kind of lost out a little bit of... Um, diversity from druid um for sure and different a, a bit a bit of a, like a different um i guess like uh breath of fresh air kind of thing from a j druid list that historically has looked very very similar like has looked kind of the same across expansion so a little bit of a bummer um given the card wasn't that oppressive in terms of wild stuff yeah. um but yeah sad sad to see it go i guess i suppose for a wild perspective yeah we i i mean all the time about <laughs> Druid decks all start with the same 26 cards, and then you put whatever win con you want, right, for those last four cards. Yeah. And it felt like Guardian Animals finally allowed you to build decks yeah, in a kinda... different way. And, exactly. Yeah. And now it's nerfed and it's sad. <laughs> um, and so how's the meta kind of shaken out, right? That's the big question. What's changed in the metagame since we've had nerfs? Um, and I think to the surprise of nobody, Priest is still, by far and away, the best deck in the format uh, mm -hmm. by a million miles. Uh, and... You know, Arena Priest has continued to be popular because Jade Druid and Turtle Mage were two really, really poor matchups for that deck. And now they've gotten gutted. And so, you know, Priest counters are now a lot you know, fewer. Um, and because of this kind of, I don't want to say like surge of popularity, but because um, kind of a lack of other counters, you're seeing the rise of combo decks, right? So you're seeing a lot more Quest Mage, you're seeing a lot more Malagos Druid. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about this new Tip the Scales OTK Paladin um, that's kind of popped onto the scene recently. Um, but this has kind of come onto the scene in a big fashion because, you know, people want to be Priest because Priest is the most dominant deck. Uh, <laughs> and so Quest Mage is still very good because Aggro is now disappearing because Priest is super popular and Aggro just kind of sucks. If you're any sort of an, of an Aggro deck into Priest, good luck, buddy. Um, yeah, and then, so yeah, this, let's talk a little bit about this Tip the Scales OTK Paladin right uh nine eyebrows sure. shout, shout outs to him hit rank one legend with this kind of brand new take on the deck um 
that uses Allura or Tip the Scales to kind of, or not Tip the Scales, uh, what's the prismatic lens? Prismatic lens. Yeah, that's yeah. hard. Um, to cheat out really, really cheap, Tip the Scales. Uh, and with just seven Murlocs in the deck, those seven Murlocs add up to be 30 damage exactly. So you can OTK as quickly as turn four. It's kind of nutty. Um, and so he hit rank one legend. A lot of people have been playing the second high legend. Um, so I'm really interested to see kind of mm. how it trickles down from there. Uh, but that's kind of like what the, the metagame feels like. And kind of the deck that's risen as like a counter to this has been Q-Block, I think. Just because Q-Block has a decent matchup into to, into aggressive decks that exist. And can beat Quest Mage and Tip the Scales Paladin because early taunts are OP. Right? And they kind of completely ruin the strategies of both of those decks. Um, but Q-Block has this issue where it still just gets like absolutely farmed by Priest. So it's like a weird kind of issue that we're in in the metagame. For sure. Um, Q-Block definitely as well, I think, um, some interest was sparked in the deck after Willow mm -hmm. uh, got the buff. That's true. Um, that, that shouldn't go necessarily under the radar too much. Like, people were kind of excited to try that. Um, but yeah, Q-Block definitely filled some of that space. Um, you know, you're talking about like Arena Priest counters, Arena Priest being the best deck, and with Turtle Mage and uh, Druid, I don't think Druid was necessarily a hard counter, but it was definitely a matchup that I thought was pretty like close to 50-50. Like it was it was a comfortable matchup for the Druid. But the yeah. the Pilgrim definitely, like the turtle, the turtle mage definitely countered the priest. Um and so that kind of like space has sort of uh been made available. And that's where something like um like these OTK Murloc Paladins have really uh come in recently, um, as those have kind of been refined and discovered and all that kind of stuff. Uh but yeah, the meta um it very much feels <laughs> like we're, we're talking about um talking about this space for the combo decks and it very much feels like we're in a, a similar spot to where we were in several months ago yeah uh, this feels like the same kind of story uh maybe with different names on the characters kind of thing yeah i think it was like the second half of ashes of outland um where it was like it was all it was all mage and some priest mm -hmm. and then a, like a couple of aggro decks or combo decks right that weren't super yeah. popular um and so yeah like while these nerves to guardian animals or turtle mage were probably good for the health of the standard format uh, i mean i'm not gonna pretend mm -hmm. to know much about that format i haven't played it in a while it it really catapulted while back in time it which is kind of sad um and i think more than anything yeah wild can be this place where like your decks should always be good right or like still be playable rather but it like wild benefits just as much as other formats to, to new decks being present right breath of fresh air mm -hmm. re-sparking interest um like i i've been losing to quest mage for what feels like a year now and i've been losing arena priest for what feels like two and a half years now like i was excited for new decks to be a part of the metagame and now we're going right back to this metagame i don't know yeah um <laughs> i don't actually know like if the the changes to turtle or jade druid have actually kind of pushed that i think that the meta is actually very much in the same kind of position that it was in before those nerfs where yeah. it's in that same like arena priest versus combo versus like aggro kind of space um i think that maybe what's adding up is this like the longer it happens the more it kind of just feels like you're kind of going to the same thing again um and and while some of the novelty also wears off from some of these decks um you kind of just kind of get used to the play pattern and how everything kind of feels in terms of like if you queue into this am i winning or how Reina Priest can kind of necessarily warp the format. So I don't think it's actually too, like, it, I don't think anything about the nerfs necessarily threw it back okay. um, to where it was before the expansion, but I do think it's definitely, like, 
an ongoing feeling that uh, a lot of people are having right now, for sure. Yeah, maybe. Except with the minor, the minor, the minor caveat that Elusia is now a card. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I would argue with a little bit. Where like it just felt like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking specifically guardian animals. I felt like Jay Druid. When you have more, a, a wider variety of decks, I think that beat the top deck in the format. I feel like right. that leads to like much greater diversity because people have a choice to play decks like and it's a variety of strategies that i think are good against priest and so mm-hmm. um and therefore people are more incentivized to pick them up because i can play the deck that i enjoy playing that beats the top deck right um and therefore maybe there's less people playing priest and you have this like kind of trickle down effect in the metagame but now that you've kind of yeah. got had two of those decks that were I know a lot of people love Turtle Mage as like degenerate as the deck was sometimes. A lot of people love that deck, right? And I really, I honestly, like I've never been a big fan of Druid, but I really, really enjoyed playing the new like proactive style styles of Druid. And I don't know. Yeah. I think for me, when you lower the choice that people have and they're like stuck, okay, well now I have three decks if I want to beat Priest, right? I have Quest Mage, I have OTK Paladin, I have Malagus Druid. And... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, so I, I disagree with you a little bit about that. But it also, I, I completely agree with you on the fact that it feels like a lot of the games, because a lot of these decks have been refined at this point, and a lot of the strategies and game plans have been refined, it feels like, as people have learned to play the decks, which, which I think is a big thing, it feels like a lot of matchups are kind of decided bef- with, like without any turns actually taking place. Right? Um, mm-hmm. it, and what I mean by that is most games are decided, like, before you even take a mulligan it depends on like what you've queued into so like if you're playing aggro because you're trying to beat quest mages or otk paladins or whatever and you queue into a priest that matchup is so bad you almost have no chance at winning that game right and like no traditional control decks really have a chance of beating priest like absolutely none right you can't beat priest and quest mage and malagos druid like you just can't beat beat those decks and it feels like there's very little agency outside of what deck you're picking right I don't know if that that's just personal, you know, uh, on how I feel about it. But it feels like there are very, very few decks where my decisions matter in game right now. Because I'm either getting scammed by Priest or I'm getting pole kelted on four and screamed on seven or like it, it. And those patterns, like they happen almost all the time, right? Like every time you come into Priest, they have like six or seven AOE cards right and they're so consistent at hitting their combo i don't know do you feel the same way about that so yeah we're talking about kind of two things i think at the same time we're talking about like how polarizing matchups are and that can often be the feeling of um like what you queue into is what you win and or lose against right mm-hmm. like quest mage is one of the more polarizing decks i think that we've ever seen um across like standard and wild where it beats up on slow stuff and it folds very very hard to the most aggressive decks um so that can feel kind of like the matchup being decided before it really happens um and then there's also like the draw rng right like how 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 much like the the game is dependent on what you draw into and i mm-hmm. think that's kind of like the other issue with arena priest which doesn't actually tend to have that much in terms of like it's matchups aren't that polarizing for the most part like it loses to the otk stuff but does pretty good against everything else but uh, like as an aggressive deck when you're playing against priest it, it really does come down to like did they draw the arena jackson a lot of the time or um you know, like exactly like did they did they draw Zephyrus or these like really important power spike cards? Did they hit Lash? 
Um, I, I guess I'm kind of just naming cards at this point, and maybe that says more about how good Reno Priest is than <laughs> um, whether it has like these weird power spikes and stuff. Uh, but yeah, definitely, it definitely feels like a frustrating time right now in the format. I think. Um, don't want to be too down on the show, you know. Don't want to be too down. Like everyone's here is interested in Wild, um, and don't want to turn into a, an entire rant uh, kind of thing. But I think it's also important to be honest and realistic about what you're feeling about the format. And yeah, right now I'm definitely in a similar state. I think that the tip of scales paladin coming onto the scene also doesn't help that a lot. Where <laughs> it's the new darkest a lot of the time, hour. the um, yeah, lightest hour is the nickname <laughs> that I've heard that I really liked actually. Um, but yeah, with prismatic lens often being a exact thirty damage OTK, kind of cute the way that worked out. By the way, mm -hmm. the um, the Merlocks adding up to exactly thirty. <laughs> uh, it's kind of funny, but yeah, with the with the prismatic lens kind of offering the OTK on turn five and stuff. It, it can be a little bit of a frustrating experience on ladder, I think. Um, especially if you don't want to play, you know, Reno Priest. <laughs> yeah, like, I... So, we talked to a couple episodes ago about, like, what we think a healthy metagame is. But, it, like, right now it feels like Priest is, like, so far above and beyond pretty much most other decks when it comes to power level. Mm -hmm. And it's countered by only a few specific decks or strategies in the metagame. And it just doesn't... I don't know. I, I agree with you. I don't want to be super down just because, like, I love Wild and I still, like, love playing Hearthstone, but it feels like right now it's just, like, Priest versus everything else. And if you're not playing Priest, yeah. you're putting yourself at a at a heavy disadvantage. Um, For sure. Um, one thing I, I will say, though, like, we're, we're at month three of the expansion. Yeah. So it's kind of, like, tired feeling of a particular format. That's true. Um, about all formats, right? You know, yeah, like, across standard. It could be Battlegrounds. could be, you know, Wild, what we're talking about. Um this kind of like sort of getting over the sameness if, if like if particular nerf didn't hit the right way or a particular buff didn't hit the right way or the expansion didn't bring a ton of new stuff like i think for wild specifically what's really happened is that a lot of the early enjoyment that we kind of could have gotten out of the expansion was sort of taken a little bit away because of dark lair mm -hmm. um where dark lair kind of dark lair kind of um presented this huge problem right where dark lair was like all consuming um for the first kind of like four weeks of the expansion. Um, and so it kind of ate into a lot of that, that new stuff. And so by the time like players kind of got over that, like that wasn't the most fun format, the most fun meta that we've been in. Now the fact that we're kind of back into this same old, same old kind of routine with Reno Priest, I think that's also added on to some of the feeling of frustration. And so, you know, like if, because the wild doesn't really isn't in necessarily the best place right now, in my opinion, like it's not the best format um, that it's ever had really, um, that kind of like frustration and those kind of feelings have kind of added up. And, you know, like the third month of the expansion is very normal for people to take breaks. Like I'm personally taking a break right now from wild. Yeah. I, I just said that at uh, the time of recording, I said this at the start of the day, like before we started recording, um, just because, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit over the format. I'm not enjoying it that much, but I'm still happy to talk about it and kind of get into all that today. Um, yeah, this dancing around all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, don't don't get us don't get us wrong. Like, Skull of Mist Academy was a great expansion, I think. Yeah, very few great, people great would expansion. argue against that. Uh, yeah, it's just like we're hitting that point where like we're like a month away from card reveals, right? And all yeah. and review season and everything like that. And we still haven't had this new mode announced yet, and we don't know when it's coming. It's like we're we're, we're a little bit in that peak, and I think that combined with the fact that we are in a metagame that feels the exact same as a metagame, you know, from four or five months ago, 
has a lot mm-hmm. of people. It's not just us, right? Like, I know it sounds like we're just complaining. It's not just us. A lot of people are saying the same thing. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's just the metagame. Like, it sounds like we're complaining, but it, it's priest versus it kinda, That's what it is. It kind of reminds me of, like, um, always complaining about the next generation. Yeah. Like, every generation <laughs> says that their kids are the laziest. It's like every expansion is always, like, really bad and the worst. But is it really? It's or not. are we just kind of sick of it? We- yeah, like, I, th- I think part of it is, like, I'm definitely frustrated with the format right now, for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, in a month from now, am I going to look back and say, was it that bad? And the answer is probably no. Yeah, I mean, um, I will, I'll say, despite, like... Yeah, despite the fact that Rena Priest isn't... You know, I am frustrated with it, but is it really as bad? I don't know, but I'm taking a break right now, and I do have my current issues. I mean, I will say, like, this, Sorry, is, this is not the, the worst metagame we've ever been in, right? Like, we're, we're talking about this. This is... This is not Darkest Hour metagame. This isn't Snip Snap Warlock, yeah. right? Like, this is not the worst metagame. It's just, like, it's the same metagame. Um, yeah. And it's, like, it's something that I personally don't enjoy. Like, I don't enjoy playing against Priest and Quest Mage for 60% of my games. Like, it's just not what I personally enjoy. So I don't... Yeah. I mean, that's at High Legend, right? I don't know what the meta is like elsewhere. But for me personally, it's a little bit weird. I'm lucky I found a deck that I do enjoy playing. <laughs> like, I, I've been addicted to pocket galaxy arena mage for the past like week and a half um Mm -hmm. it's like i have a saving grace like and i enjoy playing this game still um and so like we usually kind of transitioning away from us complaining about the metagame uh, we usually talk about kind of tech cards or under the radar decks you know towards the end of these meta sections um and there aren't really too many tech cards right there's like your your bits and pieces like countering arena priest like some people are running Finley and Grizzle Wizard, um, Beneath the mm-hmm. Grounds and Odd Rogue. You've got your traditional things that we've talked about in previous episodes. Uh, but uh, what I want to talk about is, so we had a bunch of cards that got buffed, right, at rotation time. Uh, one of the biggest culprits being, you know, Raza. And so while the buff to Raza might not have been, like, a huge hit, a lot of the other buffs, I think, were, right? Spiteful, Yogg, etc. So what I really want, okay... Is I really want you to buff Albatross, Blizzard. You hear me? I know you've heard us for all these nerfs before, but I want you to bur- buff Albatross. Like, <laughs> if you buff Albatross, like, it'll solve the issue of Reno Priest because then you can sh- shove Albatross in all your aggro decks and not feel bad about it, and it'll be okay, right? And then you can leave Raza at zero. So yeah, uh, on the whole, like, it's touching all the buffs and stuff. Um, we we did see a lot of stuff like at the at the rotation. We we had things like. You know, Spiteful Summoner. Uh, we had Yogg reverted. Um, we also had stuff like Raiding Party and Dr. Boom. And I think, like, on the whole, I, I'd say they've probably been pretty successful mm-hmm. in terms of opening up sort of some new stuff in Wild or giving slight boost to um, decks that, you know, kind of needed it in Wild. Um, like, things like the Emerald Spellstone in Hunter, I think, isn't has definitely not been, you know, overwhelming. You know, it's Hunter, right? <laughs> um, it doesn't exactly warp the game in the way kind of that Raza has. But I think, like, overall, they've been pretty successful. Even something like Raiding Party, I think... Do you think, like, people would be too upset about the Raiding Party buff? Like, I feel like that was such a big success, going from four mana and reverting it back down to uh, to three. Yeah, I mean, I think all of their buffs, except for the Raws, were, like, huge successes, right? And it's just like that yeah. Boomsday event that they had where they buffed 18 cards, right? And mm-hmm. I think there was, like, two there of them three, that were right? Yeah, it's or... like Galaxy, Extra Arms, and I feel like there was one other. But those are the only two that I could think of. Like to... there was there was two yeah. issues out of all of those cards. But other than that, those are, I think were huge a huge success. Like Christology, we got Christology from that event. That's nutty. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I think a lot of the buffs hit home with a lot of people. Like a, 
Like, I love the Yogg unnerf, right, for Wild. I think the raiding party single-handedly brought Kingsbane back into the metagame. I think Spiteful Druid mm-hmm. never really had a chance to succeed in Wild because they nerfed it to 7 before it even really took off. Right, and it being... Sludge Slurper from... Yeah, yeah Sludge Slurper being back. Two. Yeah, like, there's yeah. A, a huge amount of nerf, like, of the buffs were, like, insanely good. And I think very well very well done. Um, yeah. We just keep hyping on this Raza because it took an already good deck and made it, like, absolutely fucking busted, but that's just us. Um, but I yeah. think... I, th- I think it's important to note, like, the, while they missed on the Raza and while they missed on, like, the Pocket Galaxy buff, all of the other changes that they've done have been very, very good. And so I would love to see them keep doing stuff like buffing, mm-hmm. like, these events or, like, buffing at rotation. Um, and so I guess I posed the question we talked about. I talked about Albatross. I want Albatross potentially being buffed again. I'd like to see, like, the Galakron Shaman cards be buffed when they get rotated because I think um, that was something that was successful in Wild. And I'd love to see if it actually, you know, could be a, yeah. could be a thing uh in our format and i'd love to see uh yeah. uh chain gang give me give me back my chain gang for shutterwalk shamans <laughs> like i don't know why they didn't unnerf that card i'm so sad at that yeah um i think i think like i definitely agree like overall it was a big success but in the same way that the um the buffing and standard event was a big success like i think it's great please do more of it i love mm. it just you know change it when things go wrong you know like don't be afraid to kind of do this thing because i think a lot of players love it yeah. But I, as long as you're kind of like active, um, in you know, you know, because like buffing is risky, dude. Like buffing is so hard to get right. Where you want to try and push something into being playable, and not pushing it in a way that's kind of dangerous is so scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, kind of like noticing when things have been overstepped and stepping in when you need to um, is super important. So if they just did that, the Raza, I think, like overall, I would say it's a big success. In the same way that Galaxy going back to seven, extra arms back to three made the whole buffing event in in standard like a really big deal and a really good thing um so yeah i just hope to hope we see more of it as long as it's like kind of actively handled you know yeah but yeah you guys in the comments let us know down below how you guys feel about the metagame and what cards you might like see buffed moving forward whether it's in a new event or at rotation um i don't i know i'm a little bit biased towards some cards but if you guys have some that you'd like you know unnerved let us know in the comments below um so yeah with that let's move on to part two uh, so yeah, so a year and a half ago, Ixire made this original tweet where it felt like a lot of Hearthstone personalities had kind of moved away from the game. And he asked, well, you know, if it used to be your main game, but what would bring you back? And mm-hmm. a lot of the changes that people brought up in the comments have sort of been implemented, right? Like new game modes <laughs> yeah. brought about Battlegrounds, right? Um, and things like that. So Ixire, I think this week, uh, tweeted out the same thing. Um <laughs> Where what's you know if Hearthstone used to be your main game mode uh, and isn't anymore, what would get you back? And I know both of us <laughs> still mainly play Hearthstone, so this isn't totally geared towards us. But I wanted to use yeah. this as like a, a jumping off point of you know what would you like to see added to Hearthstone in the future that would get you you know more excited to play Hearthstone. I guess I should say instead of bringing you back, what would keep you interested and in, like make you want to play more than you already do. Yeah, I, th- I think this is such a good question. And the replies, like, the replies were fantastic as yeah. well. Um, I, I went back and actually read through a lot of the um, the, the replies from that very first tweet that Ixar made, like, a year and a half ago. And then I read a lot of the replies um, from the, the current tweet. And, yeah, it got, like, such awesome feedback from mm-hmm. a lot of, like, well-thought-out um, and, you know, intelligent people, I think. I think, like, the majority of people who are you know, often very good at the game um, or, or take, like, an interest in, like, that – 
that kind of design aspect. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you can tap into there, right? There's yeah. a, lot of, a lot of smart people giving good answers um, about this kind of thing, especially when they're interested in game design. So yeah, um, there's a lot of good stuff. We, we saw something from Dog, um, where Dog uh, talked about how he, he wanted a mode where there was kind of a bunch of different set, sets that were popping in, like in and out monthly. Um, kind of like a, a more active standard sort of thing. I don't know what like a magic equivalent would be for, for calling that format. Well, if there is one. I think he's like um, equating it. There was like a, there was an arena mode. Like part of the, the reason I jumped into arena for a little bit was because. Oh yeah, for sure. They had yeah. like four, they had four standard sets and they had four wild sets, but it was like four completely yeah. random wild sets that, you know, weren't at the same rotation. And so you got a mm -hmm. bunch of like new synergies and you like, maybe not archetypes but like unbefore scene synergies because they weren't in standard at the same time or aren't necessarily strong enough for wild and i think that's more what he's talking about where you you have so like basically you'll have uh ashes of outland skull immense academy and then like two or three wild sets Angora. right yeah yeah and just see how the metagame plays out uh which i think would be yeah. awesome yeah i think i think that'd be really fun that's like definitely the game mode that i've been like that that exact thing like the arena style of sets is something that i've been asking for or have been kind of wanting for a long time i don't know if asking for is right but yeah, it's something that like is would be on my hearthstone wish list yeah. um because a big part of like wild why i like it is how um how, how you do have like these old synergies and also how relatively unsolved everything mm -hmm. can be sometimes um because the player base is smaller often you can kind of like be the person that discovers these like new decks and things you, you can push them personally um, as, as like a player, that's something that I really find appealing. Um, and I think in a rotating kind of like in a, in a, in a like a format with these constantly moving sets, um, I think that kind of the, that feeling of freshness, that new kind of possibilities that you can go, go down. Um, I think that would be really, really fun. Yeah. And yeah, be really cool to see something like that. Yeah. Part of the, I mean, the, the whole reason that wild appeals to me is like, yeah, you have this like insane amount like synergies that you can play with and power level that you can play with which is i enjoy that but like the, the big thing that drew me to the format originally was like the deck building possibilities and like being rewarded for yeah. like finding those synergies and strategies that nobody else has and i think in a rotating format like this where like every two months you change out what you know wild formats are in the in, or wild sets are in the format right and completely shake things up which would be awesome and it would also solve a lot of the issues that people have with like uh standards getting stale right like a month and a half two months in well if you have this like two month rotating thing then you kind of solve that issue um mm -hmm. i think another big thing that i would like to, to see is like yeah tournament tournament mode is not a thing right but they just recently had like the heroic brawlizium right the heroic mm -hmm. tavern brawl but they have had like non-heroic brawlizium's right where like it's 150 gold to enter just like arena with like arena-esque prizes and i would love to see something like that just be a permanent mode right as like yeah. the solution to to tournament mode right just give some people incentive to play like constructed with different stakes than just ladder um i think is because i feel like a lot of the outcry that you get on twitter and in reddit is like from people that are like super competitive that have been playing the game for a ton that are like getting burnt out on the game right and just mm -hmm. giving people more ways to play the cards <laughs> i think is a big deal um and so i would love i would just love something like the Brawlazium to just be another thing under the modes section of, of Hearthstone, another way to play the game. Yeah, uh, 100%. <laughs> I, I think I think that's so, so like super important as well, what you said about 
the pe the players who are like most dedicated to you, like the the ladder grinders and stuff, like looking after them and kind of giving them a little bit of variety, I think is something that's super important and can often like lead to um, far greater, you know, player retention. But um, I don't know. I'm not a game developer, I'm so yeah, <laughs> this yeah. is just like my my guesswork, my my uh, general thoughts. But yeah, I think I think Brawlzium as a permanent mode would be great in like one of the what do you call it? Like those little game game mode things. Yeah, where, wherever, whatever it's called for BGs. And yeah, the arena. little arena and brawl yeah. uh, battlegrounds, wherever that thing is. Yeah. That. Um, and I think the last big thing from like a like a game design perspective, I think would be like, I mean, obviously we're wild players. So I, I want to see more wild support, right? Like, I don't, I don't know what happened to the wild open. Um, maybe not worth the the advertising or the prize money, but I mean, even if it's just like local tournaments or whatever i would love to see more stuff for wild um at some point i don't i don't know maybe maybe there needs to be more creativity when it comes to wild right because like there's there's almost no way we're getting a gm league for wild or maybe the wild open is kind of scrapped forever so like what would be some some unique ways to promote wild i don't i don't really know yeah um the the wild open I, I honestly imagine, like, you, like it feels bad to kind of say this, but you could lower the prize pool by a lot to make it very friendly, I think, for Blizzard's side. Um, and you would still get still so much of, interest, I think. It would still draw a lot of interest, yeah. I think, from a, or at least a lot of hype from a lot of the wild players. Like, I'm not saying in an ideal world. In an ideal world, of course, you keep the prize pool about yeah. where it was, which was, um, I think, about, like, a healthy, like, 30, 40K, like, for the total for, like, yeah. the top eight and or so. I think so. the first place got um, 10K, yeah. Yes, yeah, so which is like great, right? For like a one-off tournament, yeah. um, that's fantastic. But yeah, like what you're saying, be realistic. We're not getting, I don't think, wild GM. You know, yeah. like it makes a lot of sense for Blizzard to have one um, format that they're really focused on um, as the as the standard format. Uh, totally yeah. makes sense from that side of things, right? We're not going crazy here and demanding wild GMs, but. I think that some support what you're saying, like something would be great because the fact that we didn't get the wild open this year, the last one we got was in 2019, which is like, we're, we're bored. Are we, have we crossed 18 months? Yeah. Like, it was the very 18, beginning of 2019. We're, yeah. We're, we're over 18 months now since like any wild competitive thing was done outside of Blizzard. And so there have been some really fun, like community driven events, mm -hmm. uh, team one trick. They used to hold them that were great. Um, the uh, Solemn was able to uh, fund and, and put on his uh, tournament, which was really, really fun. Had over like 600 participants, yeah, I think, across uh, NA and EU. Um, so that was really, really fun as well. And yeah, it'd be great if we got something like that. Um, or even if Wild was even incorporated into GM. I think like GM as a whole is something that Blizzard would probably be looking at. Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, again, they've gotten a lot of feedback. Even XR on this tweet has gotten a lot of feedback. Um, and there, there have been sort of uh, a few players that haven't necessarily been fully fulfilled even as playing as GMs. So I think there'll be some changes down the road, but it just might be the case where they're just not ready to announce things, right? Like these things take time. Yeah, obviously. We're I still think, waiting on the game mode, yeah. um, so we'll see. I think one of the easiest things to do, like I just referencing Magic for a second here. So like they're having their grand finals, world championship, whatever this weekend. Whatever, I don't remember what it's called because they've changed it like 17 times. <laughs> um but so like they're playing all online and so like normally you do like their standard format and then they have like draft right limited uh so mm -hmm. like our equivalent of arena um yeah as like a competitive part of their gm and i what i would love to see is like yeah standard is important it's your main game mode but i would love to do things like 
So like I think instead they have like a conquest the last year of standing, a couple of weeks, and I would love to see like okay, well you have stand like standard conquest, standard last year of standing, but then you have like wild for one week, and then some sort of like if you do this like rotating format mixed between standard and wild, have that be part of your competitive, right? Um, have that be part of your competitive structure so that people are incentivized to play all of the formats, and I think that get a lot more people excited in the format and playing yeah. the format, which I think is a big deal. And I, I don't really know why they they haven't done that. And it feels kind of it feels kind of bad, right? Kind of it's like a bit of a missed opportunity. Yeah, a, a big missed opportunity. I feel like. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but again, like the saying, we we don't know necessarily everything that's happening behind the scenes. True, true. So. true. We'll see. We'll see. Um, on on everything they do have announced, but yeah, it definitely. I definitely agree. Like it would be, be great. It'd be great if we got to see like a wild week. In GM, dude, can you imagine like all the all the wild uh, all the GMs playing wilds for a couple of weeks? Like that'd be fantastic. I'd be super down. To, I mean, uh, I think that. the best part. I mean, they get a lot of they get a lot of interest when they do it. Um, there was like like Fino was playing yeah. wild for a couple of weeks there at the end of last expansion, and uh, it was great. Like there were so many wild people, and he still maintained like a decent, I think, viewership from his perspective. So yeah, it's a lot of interest, and it'd be kind of fun. I mean, I think the the best part about the Wild Open month was like obviously competing, but also seeing all these GMs playing Wild and yeah. all this interest in Wild and like people figuring out like what's broken, like synergies that like we've played Wild for four years now and you see these GMs come in and be like, eh, I like this card better and it performs better. And you're just like, <laughs> okay, yeah, duh, that's why you're a GM. And I, like that was like some of the best part about like watching streams during that month was amazing and i loved it um and you're kind of missing that now (laughs) but yeah i mean from a game like gameplay perspective i guess i i do want to touch on this whole fact of like sork apprentice and canrathed and raiden elemental and like the mech warper effect cards still think that those should be nerfed but that's just me harping on the same things but you know zero zero mana is broken and that's something i'd like to see changed but I know we've talked about that mm-hmm. a lot, so I'm not going to go too deep into that. But I think I'll, I'm just really waiting for this this new mode to be announced, whatever it is, whenever it's yeah. announced. I'm, I'm really it definitely like like we were saying earlier. Um, you know, this is the limbo month, right? This is the this is the like we're stuck between the first two months of the expansion, all the hype, and next month we're getting like the new the new set will be you know starting to trickle down. All the reveals we're also waiting on this game mode, so we're just kind of this in this limbo where we're just kind of hanging out with reno priest and <laughs> you know it's uh we've, we've had better um acquaintances than reno priest i think so uh we'll see we'll see how things uh you know play out from here yeah but i i just want to end this section with like last time xr did this tweet got a lot of good feedback and the game made a lot of changes for the better right and some of it was really, I, like like a lot of the comments that he got on that original tweet were stuff that was implemented and I don't know if it was like based upon feedback he got from that tweet or the stuff that they had on the works, but I mean, I I will say Hearthstone has been doing great with the changes that it's made, right? As much as we complain and I stuff, think, but <laughs> I, I think Hearthstone, like, I think the team as a whole has like crushed it, yeah, right, absolutely. for the better part of a year, like one hundred percent from from where we were, I think at around twenty seventeen, around the Witchwood era, like Witchwood through Rustican, um. It felt like the game was a little bit rudderless. Like we weren't really sure what mm-hmm. was going on, like why what we were pushing towards, or like there was such a, a lack of change a lot of the time. And I think that over the past year, we've seen so much good stuff um, in terms of like they're they're changing in 
um, balancing philosophy, you know, like they're so much more frequent now with the changes. And I think it's fantastic. Like we got a new class, we got battlegrounds. Um, I think the card design as a whole has been like a lot better. I think, like, I think the recent set Scholomant is one of, if not probably the best expansion that I've done. Um, I know some people have issues with it in terms of the random generation, but I don't think random generation by itself is a bad thing. Yeah. Um, and I think it's more like the type of generation, right? Like, uh, the less extremely wide the outcomes are, if you keep like if you keep regeneration sort of like a more narrow thing, where actual decision making is being made, which is kind of why I like discover over like get a random card, right? Like with discover, you're often making yeah. more of a choice than get a random card. But that's an, an example. Like overall, I think Hearthstone team has been crushing it. Um, right now, we're kind of in a lull, but there was a lot of good replies in that tweet that Ixar put out 18 months ago, and there's a lot of really good replies that on the tweet that he's just like put out. Um, this week so we'll see i really like the game where it is right now um and yeah it's kind of like looking forward to everything yeah excited uh, to see what the future, future brings yeah for sure yeah for sure all right so with that let's move on to part three all right so part three so here's where we talk about our three decks of the week uh and so we kind of been mixing it up with uh meta and off meta uh and we talked a little bit about this murloc paladin uh a lot during the first segment of our stream we talked about this anything otk tip the scales paladin um so for those of you guys that aren't exactly sure what this deck does is you've got Allura, High Abyss Allura, so this is the Priest and Paladin dual class card, uh, and you've got one maker to make a couple of cheap spells, uh, or you have the coin if you're going second. And so then via High Abyss Allura or Prismatic Lens, you're going to get a really cheap copy or free copy of Tip the Scales. And so Tip the Scales is going to pull all these Murlocs from your deck, and you only have seven in your deck. So if you hit it off a of Prismatic Lens, you're going to get all seven. And so you have two Grimskill Oracles, two Bluegill Warriors, two Murloc War Leaders, and then Old Murkai. Okay. And all of that damage added up equals 30 exact OTK one shot. Mm, beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, it's not exact ease if you have Allura because obviously Allura takes up a board slot. But um, if they are able to deal with the, the tip the scales, for example, if you needed to play it to recover board against other aggressive decks or... Uh, you have happened to draw a couple of your Murlocs. You obviously have two copies of anything can happen in your deck as well. Um, so whether you get those discounted or not, so that you can finish them off with 30 damage waves off of anything. Um, so this is kind of the new deck that's popped up. Um, I think originally from Nine Eyebrows. I want to make sure we're giving him some credit. Um, uh, yeah, he originally cited uh, Max, uh, Maxi, Maxi yeah. as well. Um, so, not sure on the full name, but yeah. Yeah, so Maxi, <laughs> Nine Eyebrows, Concerned Mom have all been kind of piloting this deck. Uh, and it's kind of taken over High Legend Ladder. I've seen a lot of it, like a, a ton of this deck. Um, and I think the big the big plus to this deck is it's it's decent into aggressive strategies like Odd Paladin. So aggressive strategies that are not like hyper aggro, right? So it, mm -hmm. it struggles a little bit against aggro druid. Uh, but the big plus is that it just it, it destroys priest, like absolutely destroys priest. Um, there is very little. I don't want to say nothing. But there's very little Rena Priest can do to kind of disrupt this combo. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think this deck is here to stay. Uh, it's kind of annoying because turn four, turn five, OTKs are never fun, right? That's kind of why everybody hated Darkest Hour because games were decided on turn four, turn five. Um, I will say this has a little bit more counterplay than Darkest Hour, but that doesn't mean it's healthier for the format. So, uh, but yeah, uh, um, Lightest Hour. It's definitely. Yeah, lightest hour. Um, yeah, this deck's interesting, right? Like how it's kind of popped up. Yeah. Um, and it is using a lot of like new cards. Um, 
that have kind of like altered things a lot, right? Where it's got the uh, the Polkel, the Allura, the Broomstick, One Maker, Barov. Um, like just in case anyone was wondering, like where the hell was this deck like before the expansion came out? So it got a lot of like really nice stuff for the um, defensive side of mm-hmm. things. Like Broomstick is a really big inclusion, I think. Um, it's, dude, I feel like every deck we're just like, oh, Broomstick, Penflinger, or Polkout. And sometimes more than like, more than just the one. Or the all deck. three of them together, you know? Or all three of them <laughs> together, yeah. Um, yeah, the hell of a set. But yeah, yeah this, um, this deck kind of threw me off when I first saw it because of the Anyfins. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, oh, um, don't I just not want Anyfin because then I can't high roll people? as consistently um but no i think i think you want at least one i'm not entirely sold on two but mm, not sure um but yeah this deck is uh really really good often the high roll is just playing noz out like often noz is your high roll because you just play it on four and then next turn you just play tip for eight like you don't even need to go through like any of the jumping the rings uh with prismatic or allura um but yeah deck is can can definitely be counted uh i think like flame ward in particular is a really good counter um as a way to kind of like push back on it and mm-hmm. you can also like transform the murlocs if they draw them like so with things like devolving missiles or stuff like that um but yeah new kid on the block otk murloc lightest hour paladin um yeah we'll see where it goes from here it's so hard to figure out exactly how good a deck is when it's so extreme in a tie roll That's right true. like sometimes you just die to this deck on like turn five and like the more high roller your deck is i feel like it's harder to get an actual grasp of like just how good something is on average it's like when darkest hour came out i i had no idea what the darkest hour was like the greatest thing that had ever been put in hearthstone or it was like a, a cheap sort of giga high roll nonsense thing yeah i will say it reminds me a lot of darkest hour i i will say that I, it, it gives a very similar vibe yeah in my opinion. we're like you can play the slow game if you need to right and like the deck's yeah. fine if you play a slow game but you don't want to play a slow game because you can do the giga nuts on turn four turn five and when you do like there's almost zero counterplay from your opponent it's kind of disgusting um yeah. and i will say like when i initially saw this deck i was like oh this beats priest and nothing else but then with the broomsticks and then explosive sheep and bear off like you actually have a disgusting amount of like game against stuff like odd paladin and uh mm. and odd rogue like you actually are pretty damn good into those decks which is kind of scary <laughs> um but I, I will say keep an eye on this deck because decks like this like tend to get a lot of polarizing reaction i think from the community right where people either absolutely yep. despise losing to this deck and absolutely hate it um even if it's not a good or deck, they're playing it or they're playing it right <laughs> um yeah and i will say like it, it's kind of hard to evaluate this deck because like it is brand new um i, I do want to see kind of how its matchups you know like the matchup threat ends up being after a couple weeks mm. to see if sure. is it actually just like a, a one trick i can beat priest with this deck or is it actually like <laughs> it holds its own it's a good deck right um moving on to deck number two uh <laughs> we we talked a lot about this deck that's top dog in the format and so we felt like we were a little bit obligated to at least show you what the best version of that deck is um and so this is this is the the reno priest list I think Corbett and I were talking a little bit earlier how it's like 29 out of the cards feel very core to this list. There's not mm-hmm. many more flex spots uh, left in this deck just because as the deck's been refined, stuff like Penflinger has been proven to be really, really good in the deck, even though you know, it initially might have been thought of being a little bit overkill or, or whatnot. But uh, but yeah, Polkelt, Elusia, Penflinger, 
uh, raised that I think were the only additions to this deck. I say only, that's four four new additions to this deck, but it, it is it is a very, very, very strong deck. Basically the figured out list. Um I would say the the main flex spot, um like Renew is the card that people have been cutting here and there. Uh I believe uh Hijo was playing uh Panthera, the uh two mana two three if you use your hero power draw a card. Yeah. Um there's also Sphere sometimes makes it into lists, not that popular, but yeah, sometimes Sphere. Um, people have looked to cut Renew, people have also looked to cut Loot Hoarder, but overall this is like very solidified, which is strange sometimes, right? In Wild, um, it's weird to get a list that kind of gets accepted, especially a Reno deck. Like Reno mm-hmm. decks are historically just so varied, um, <laughs> where like they can often be as much as like seven or eight cards different um, very, very easily. But yeah, Reno Priest very much feels like it's been figured out, sold. All right, this is what we're going with. Um, there was some weirdness where people were trying things like Psychic Conjurer. I think that's gone away at this point, <laughs> I, I hope. Um, but yeah, Reno Priest is kind of it. Uh, so yeah, look at like the Renew um, and maybe even like the Loot Hoarder as the main flex cards. If you want to run like a Glut Ooze down the road at some point, or you want to run Sphere, or you want to run the, um, the Panthera. Um, but yeah, this is pretty much it. Like the 29, whatever core. And maybe if Reno Priest gets obscenely popular, like even beyond where it is, mm-hmm. then we can talk about like Thought, Steel, and Lazul. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd just be rocking this. And I, I think like the majority, the vast majority of players really are. Like the, this core is really caught on. Um, particularly at High Legend, I, I suppose. All right. And then last but not least, let's talk about our off meta deck. And it kind of feels weird talking about this as an off meta deck because it hit rank one Legend. Um, but I know a lot of you guys love, love, love you some Dead Man's Hand Warrior. Uh, and so make sure you guys go follow this man Adrian on Twitter because he hit rank one legend <laughs> with this deck. Um, and, I mean, it looks it looks like a good Dead Man's Hand Warrior list. Uh, yeah, this list is really clean to me. I, I like it a lot. Um, the So, like, the only, like, cards that are kind of really up to the bait, I think, are, like, the Prime and the Brawl. Um... And, and arguably, like, the Forge of Souls Bulwark package. But I think Forge Bulwark is pretty good. Um, Brawl, I certainly understand. Prime, I certainly understand. Like, I think overall, this is a very clean list. It's not running um, as much tech-heavy stuff. It's not running the, like, Grizzled uh, Finley package. It's, uh, it, it is running the Double Rat, right? Um, so that's, like, noteworthy as well. Uh, so that can be cut, maybe, if you're running into less combo-y stuff. And, sorry, if you're running into, like... So you cut it if you're running into less combo-y stuff and maybe seeing more, I don't know, like aggro arena priest or something. But yeah, this list is really, really good, um, I think, for what it is. So do I think DMH is top tier? No, but I think uh, it's definitely viable. Like, I think there's a lot of decks on ladder that have the potential to hit rank one that players can climb with um, if they happen to play them well and hit the right matchups and all that kind of stuff. Like we said, the meta does feel relatively matchup dependent. So if you have a good run and search of favorables, then you can do well. Um, not saying this happened to Adrian. I'm sure he, <laughs> I'm sure he did great to hit rank one legend with this, um, with this DMH list. But yeah, DMH, a uh, big favorite for a lot of players. It seems to be like the archetype that has the. I mean, is this the archetype that has like the the stronger support base relative to its like population on ladder and stuff? Like, I feel like DMH, the the diehard supporters of DMH, really kind of uh, very very vocal. If we're talking about relative percentages, yeah, I would argue that, right? I, yeah. It's, the, it's this on Milrogue, right? I feel like Milrogue also gives it a run for its money. Do Milrogue, seven guys on Milrogue. Do Milrogue players have their own Discord server? Like, that's the real question. Well, there's only, 
there's only about seven of them, but I see them on Reddit all the time. So, I mean, they're working around the clock on that, <laughs> I think. That's true. But congrats, Adrian, for hitting Wrinkle and Legend with this deck. Uh, and if you guys are looking for a good Deadman's Hand Warrior list, this is definitely the ones in that deck. Uh, but yeah, that'll be it for us tonight, guys. Uh, we'll be doing these episodes every Sunday with news and decks every week. Uh, and just a reminder that we're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all your podcast distributors now. So if you would like to listen to us on the go, make sure you guys check us out there and make sure you share with your friends. Uh, Corbett, thank you again for joining me, friend. Uh, I'll let the people know where they can find you. Guys, you can find me not streaming this week at Corbett Games mm-hmm. at Twitch TV. And you can also find me on Twitter, uh, same handle, Corbett Games. So yeah, come check it out uh, soon-ish, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, Watch. thanks for checking out the show. Hope you have a good one, guys. Well, does this mean if you're not streaming that we'll finally get some Corbett YouTube content? No. Let's <laughs> make that firmly. No, okay. not yet. I tried. tried. Soon. I tried. I tried. All right. I tried for you guys. Tried to sell that for me. Couldn't do it. It was close. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we appreciate you guys watching. We hope you all enjoyed. Stay safe out there, and we'll see you guys next time. Later. Bye, guys.